Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wafu FM. It's time! Gentlemen, I'm Chris with a C. And I'm Chris with a K. Hello. Well, welcome to episode 80. That's it. Episode 80, last of the 1982s. Yeah, ending it on some scummy gang violence, which was <laughs> quite fitting. Oh, that's uh, 20 more episodes, sir. We'll be at uh, the magic 100. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've ever done anything 100 times in my life, except maybe <laughs> wank or eat. Wank, have a shit, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that probably, if uh, my calculations are correct, will be about November, if we don't slack off. I don't think we will. So far, we've kept it pretty... Uh, every now and then, maybe it's a day late, but beyond that... Yeah, we've always, still managed to, we've always still managed to get this right amount of shows a month up, even if it's like two a week or something, if we're being yeah. buddy arses one week. Yeah. <laughs> we're, doing not, we're not doing too bad. And listening numbers are gradually going up. Yeah. Not by the amount of like, but you know. Ah, fuck it. We'll do it, we'll do it for, the, for the shits and the giggles. I'd I, I do it for the money, the fame and the bitches. <laughs> sorry. That you do. Yeah. We've both got different outlooks on this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to change the world for the better. I want that, the but... money. <laughs> um, so we'll do a quick uh, speedy roundup of uh, what we've been watching. Yes. Uh, after the 48-hour show, I felt like going on Eddie Murphy binge. And binge I did, sir. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I, I said after, well, I think around the time I ordered 48 hours, uh, I ordered for another 48 hours, so I watched that. Uh, I, you know, I think I've seen that recently. I, I may have bought that recently. Mm. When I was watching 48 hours, I was constantly having, like, another 48-hour flashbacks. Yeah, well, I said when I was when I watched it, that was the one I, I remembered most of it. Yeah. Obviously totally. the one I've, I've definitely seen the most. Uh, uh, it was funny, though, that Andrew Divoff, you know, Wishmaster and shit, mm. uh, plays Gans's brother in it. <laughs> Just random. Yeah. I saw his name on the fucking credits and I was like, oh, I'm in Andrew Devoff. I like Andrew Devoff. And then, like, took half an hour and I was like, oh, that's who it is. That's him. He's totally unrecognizable because he's got long hair and a beard and shit. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense. He, he has one of those sort of faces, yeah. I guess. And he's not playing it's... some Eastern European or something for a change. So it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, coming to America, which I hadn't seen for mm. years. Classic, though. The royal yeah. penis is clean. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> that was a classic bit. <laughs> yeah, I just love all the barbershop bit where Eddie Murphy playing the two different characters, like the old Jewish guy and stuff. It's such a fucking amazing makeup. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, the, the 
the like owner of the restaurant, I can't remember the character's name, but the, the black guy. Oh, the, McDowell, uh, yeah, Mr. McDowell. Yeah, at the end when he's all like, uh, you say one more thing about Lisa, I'm going to break my foot off in your royal ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that line. You know what, I'm sure someone's already done it, but because James L. Jones is playing like, a king and he's always mm. talking about his son it's like prime to dub over start Star Wars scenes yeah I suppose you could do that with like Lion King and all sorts anything any yeah. James L. Jones movie really <laughs> that fucking awesome dub someone did of just random James L. Jones quotes over Star Wars and Darth Vader's just going up to fucking like Stormtroopers going I'm gonna take your mama out on a date <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> and then trading places Mm. Which I'm not. I think I'd probably seen bits of when I was younger. The only bit I really remember was Jamie Lee Curtis's babes. <laughs> nice. Uh, weird trading places. It's funny, mm. but it's not like it's. A, I love the film, but it's not like I was pissing myself laughing all the time. Not as much as I was with like Forty Eight Hours and Coming to America and stuff. Yeah. But the funniest bit just the, is the random bit at the end. I think I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks ago where Eddie Murphy just pretends to be a student from Cameroon. And then he just pulls out some beef jerky. I was just, I had to rewind that. For some reason, I just <laughs> made us piss myself. Beef jerky time. You want some beef jerky? Oh, please. There's plenty, you know. And then Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, and half of 3, I got both. Because <laughs> 3's nice three three the classic 3, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's like, you know they've they've done one too many films <laughs> when you see 3. Watching them all back-to-back, I was like, it's probably because it's like 10 years, well, nearly 10 years after the second one, I was like, it's, it's almost like Eddie Murphy's not playing Axel Foley. Mm. And then I just was, as I always do with, after I watch a film, just say, I'll read, read some shit about it if I haven't seen it for a while, and then... People were saying, like, Eddie Murphy was uncomfortable about being too comedic or something like that, he, or he was in a bad place at the time. I was like, you can totally see that in the film. That's well, funny, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. can't remember. I, I, I think I, I probably saw that in the cinema. That was the first film I ever bought of top-quality video tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got a special place in my heart just for that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, one, two, though. Great stuff. Yeah, classic stuff, mm. yeah, totally. Judge Reinhold and that. Did the typical thing of after watching both of them, Put Axel F as my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> Such a catchy tune. Yeah, but no one fucking ever rings me, so never hear. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta ring yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Total tragic. And then the other night, for fuck knows why, I was just in the mood to watch this. Rob mm. Zombie's Halloween 2. <laughs> that is random. I think it's because I've never watched the prop. I think I watched the first half an hour and then was like, oh fuck this, and turned it off. <laughs> And I think I'd, someone had mentioned it on a podcast or in an article or somewhere online. I just went, you know what, I'm going to, for some reason, I'm in the mood to give that film a chance. Yeah. May as well have stabbed pins in me dick. You know I mean? <laughs> Who did uh, Sherry Moon play? <laughs> uh, the mother again, even though she died in the first one. <laughs> it's like a guaranteed thing in every it's, one of the it's films. The, it's the most blatant, <laughs> obvious, my wife must be in this film. It's just like <laughs> a ghost that follows Myers around with a white horse and is like, you must kill now. I'm like, fuck off. She doesn't need to be in this fucking film at all. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 I don't even know if it's as bad as the first one because it's so different. Uh, it's just like shit in a different way. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, 
I mean, it's the way it's shot is nice because he's shot on like sixty millimeter, and it's quite great. It more the style's more like Devil's Rejects than it is the first Halloween, but there's still loads of shaky cam bullets yeah. and stuff, and it fucking tries way too hard to be brutal. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think for me, Rob Zombie's kind of fell into that category of films where I'm not, I'm not that arsed really. Mm-hmm. I don't get us wrong. I love like Devil's Rejects and uh, Th- a Thousand Corpses still, but beyond that, I'm just not arsed. I mean, I didn't even like. Um, that, lots that were a few lots. Yeah, I don't really like that either, to be honest. So I think I'm done with Rob Zombie films, to be honest. The problem is, though, is like you realise how much he just reuses the same shit every movie. Like even in yeah. the, even in, in Halloween too. Like in the first movie, Laurie is annoying as she is is like a you know like Jamie Lee Curtis's sweet innocent teenager. Mm. And in the second one, all of a sudden, because she's had all this trauma happen in the first one, now it's just pretty much a 19-year-old female version of Rob Zombie, and it's fucking so transparent. Mm. It's just annoying. Like, she wakes up, she's got a scummy bedroom, a giant Charles Manson poster on her wall. She's got fucking tattoos. She's a fucking hipster now and stuff. I'm just saying, like, she's a vegetarian. I'm just saying, oh, for <laughs> sake. But yeah, Michael Myers eats a dog at one point. <laughs> so there you go, that's pretty cool. Graphically stamps a guy's face in. Oh dear! Yeah. I'm still, I'm still on eat a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eat a dog. Because that's so that's fun. brutal and gross, gross yeah. and awesome and stuff. It's just like start eat chihuahua and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> punches a ko- koala bear. <laughs> just punches a koala bear in a piece. The best bit is just like how Malcolm McDowell's like version of Loomis. Like in the first film, he's Loomis, and in the second one, he's just a massive cunt. So that's quite funny. Yeah. It's funny seeing Malcolm McDelby a bastard demanding yeah. PG tips and stuff like that. Oh, bless. Yeah. But yeah, fuck that shit. And then last night, um, I hadn't seen it for ages, and I, I watched Dawn of the Dead, but I watched the Argento cut, which is, I'd never probably, I don't think I'd ever watched it before. I just skipped through it to see if it was different. It wasn't bad. It's a bit, it's good because all the Goblin scores on it, but yeah. it's just, it's it's about half an hour shorter in the theatrical version. It's a lot cut out of it. But there's also stuff in it that's not in either that or the director's cut, so it's, I think people have tried to make the ultimate cut before it's like three hours long. Yeah, like epic. Uh, I mean, you can just you can just see the if you've, obviously if you've seen the original a lot of times, then all the director's cut, you can just it feels a lot choppier. Like certain yeah. scenes where you're like, where the fuck did that bit go? Standout bit. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was interesting. I like watching different cuts of movies and stuff just because the tone feels totally different and all that. Jazz. Yeah, yeah, no, it's amazing how a film can change just with a few edits and mm, stuff. Really. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I was thinking recently I'll have to revisit that that series. I think uh, what it was, I can't remember. Oh, it was Pieces when I was watching Pieces, though. It was uh, like a bit of an Arrow sort of ensemble. Oh, the trailer at the start. Uh, trailer. Uh, and it was just, there was some like Day of the Dead stuff on mm. there, and I just thought, oh, I, I don't really own like reliable copies of them, so I should probably like hunt them out on Blu ray or something. And yeah, yeah. Get myself like well, at least like night, the dawn and day. I guess mm. stop there, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> just, if you can get like diary and survival for a penny, then go. For it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, th- diary is like a fucking masterpiece compared to survival. So mm. survival's worth watching just for a laugh. It's that bad. It's fucking. It. It's... Which, which one's the one with the big car and stuff? The big tank car. Oh, land. Oh, yeah, I forgot about. Fuck, I forgot about land. Right? I actually quite like yeah. land of the dead. Yeah, that's the one with. Uh, Sandy Hooper in it though Dennis uh, Dennis Hopper even yeah yeah. <laughs> we always joke where he shoots that guy and you, know, you always used to say that was just a genuine death on film because Hopper's yeah. mental <laughs> genuine ad-libbed death <laughs> <laughs> yeah but survival's a masterpiece shit I'd like it's it's not so bad that you want to turn it off you just like keep watching it going wow the fuck did the guy who made Dawn of the Dead make this <laughs> <laughs> just unfortunately he just 
like got too old, I think, and grew, like grew out of the industry or something. I don't that think. Thing. I think it's just that only films he can get funding for now are zombie films, unfortunately. Mm. And yeah, I suppose his name has the clout in that industry, yeah. and that's it, really. It's, which yeah. is sad because I'm sure there's loads of fucking films he would like to make, but mm. he's stuck because that's the only thing that draws money, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I watched. What do you be watching? Yeah, you know, it's quite a lot there. Um, I've just been hitting the, the, the big movies, as usual. Um, I saw Jurassic World. Was it fucking jizz-tastic? It was fucking a masterpiece. <laughs> no, um, it, I, I, I probably... I did the right thing, really, with a film like this. I lowered my expectations and, and just went into it and really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. Uh, literally went in with a big bag of popcorn. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I was... In a Chris Pratt T-shirt. Yeah, oh yes. Uh, I'm loving me Chris Pratt at the minute, like, so God bless him. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised actually, it was way better than I was expecting. Mm. Um, it wasn't, I mean, though it never really recaptured some of the awe that the, the first film has. Well, it can't really. Not, no. not nowadays. So, uh, yeah, it definitely missed a beat there, but like, I just, it wasn't an offensive film, really. It, like, it was way better than Jurassic Park 2 and 3, like, fucking by a country mile. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, I don't know, it was just, like, a monster film and people ran away from dinosaurs and, like, it's kind of what you want from that sort of film, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was really, really impressed by it. Uh, the, like, you know, as I said to you on Facebook, I think, like, even the kids weren't, like, fucking annoying dicks and stuff. <laughs> Uh, I, would, I would probably recommend it, yeah, just as a sort of, if you're tired one day and you just want to chill out and watch a, yeah. an enjoyable film. Yeah, I will watch it eventually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, can't, I won't really say too much because it's spoilers and, and all Yeah, I guess it is still brand that. new, yeah. Tear it up a fucking box, it's nearly a billion. I was just about to say, yeah, it's uh, it, it's the number one, like, open weekend movie again, though, isn't it? Mm. It's beat, like, uh, Avengers and whatnot, mm. uh, which... You know, they always say like it's a massive thing, but at the end of the day, like when cinema tickets are going to open price and stuff, exactly, yeah. there's always going to be a higher film. Yeah. <laughs> Dickheads, don't it doesn't fool me. Just because something's like made more money doesn't mean it's necessarily popular. I hope they don't fucking let the heads get too big because just wait till fucking Star Wars comes out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, oh, well, that's going to be the fucking. Yeah, the massive film of the year, basically. The I century, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's going to smash the shit out of everything. Yeah, but uh, after that, I watched uh, Chappie. Finally got around to watching Chappie. How was it? I've heard mixed things about it. Uh, I mean, I, I was very impressed with the film. Personally, I, I, I did enjoy it mm-hmm. way more than I thought it was going to. Um, it, it like grabbed his hook line and sink this straight away. Yeah. Afterwards, I don't know. I kind of like pondered on it and thought, hmm, it, it didn't really it didn't really go into the well it didn't ask any sort of like moral questions or anything it didn't really explore anything mm. the, the film is literally just about a robot who's sentient and like then at the end of the film it's like you just happy ending pretty much yeah. without spoiling it too much mm. it, it I mean I don't know like are we just conditioned to anti-climaxes now I, I assumed when I was watching this film that, like, every fucker was going to die and stuff, and it was going to be grim as fuck, and I was going to be like, Jesus! But it's actually quite, like, a happy film. Well, good. I mean, you know, now it's nice to have a nice happy ending. Yeah, well, that's it. But then again, it kind of, like, left... Because it was a happy film and that, it kind of leaves you thinking, like, I'm not sure it, it asked any sort of moral questions. Uh, like, I was expecting to, like, explore, like, what makes what makes a life form a life form sort of stuff. Mm. 
because obviously it's just a robot that basically becomes self-aware and it's sentient and stuff and that and i thought they were going to explore like you know him getting like shut down and like he has the right to live and stuff but it literally never goes there well maybe maybe that's why though maybe that's why it has a happy ending that's why it's like that because every film does that maybe you just want to make a fun movie you know what i mean yeah but the only the the main problem with with the film and and this isn't really spoiling it I would say two of the main characters are basically utter twats. They're mm. like bad. They're like bad guys. They're like gang members who are like in on the mean streets of uh, of Johannesburg and stuff. Yeah, and they like adopt Chappy and uh, and like teach him how to be like a person and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the the twats, the the like killers and and like robbers and stuff. And by the end of the film. Um, the the like main villain is like trying to kill them and stuff and it, it like flips it so you're supposed to be like feeling sorry for the the two characters but I don't, and they have a happy ending and like go off into the sunset sort of thing but you're like yeah but they're like murderers and yeah. rapists I'm not really sure I, it, it leaves a funny taste in your mouth you're like I, I'm not sure they should have portrayed them as being like the, these nice characters yeah. with a happy ending because yeah. like they weren't good characters. But yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool. Um, it was like just funny, all the South African stuff, I guess, as well. <laughs> the usual. I, will, I mean, I was saying to Stacey, like, it'll be interesting to see how Neil Blokamp, like, manages to set fucking the new Aliens film in, South like, Africa. South Africa yeah. and stuff, yeah. And blatantly that Charlotte Copley's going to be, like, fucking, oh, I'm a fucking colonial marine. I'm going to shoot your fucking aliens up, boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking. <laughs> He's fucking... It's like, I just can't wait to see him in an alien film, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, you know he's going to be in it, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. Because, like, um, yeah, it's just like straight away, it's just a total Neil Blokamp affair. It's like in the mean streets of like fucking South Africa and stuff. Mm. And you're like, here we go. <laughs> I like that. Though. I like that he's, yeah. he's still, even though he's you know making American movies now, he's still setting them in South Africa. Mm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's it's different. It makes these films stand out from yeah. just the, the standard fare. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a really random cast. Like Sigourney Weaver has like essentially an extended cameo in it. Yeah, I think that the film's pretty much where the idea of Alien Five came from. Yeah, just working with her and stuff. Yeah. Um, Hugh Jackman plays the villain. You don't see Hugh Jackman being the bad guy very often. Yeah, fuck, I forgot he was yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a pretty good villain. I, I'm, I wasn't convinced whether he was genuinely being Australian or he was supposed to be South African and just couldn't be asked to do the accent, I can tell. <laughs> um, but he has, like, little shorts and stuff, and he just, I don't know, he kind of looks stereotyped, like, Australian hunter sort of character. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I must say, Hugh Jackman is pretty good at accents. Yeah. He's not like a, he's not a fucking Jared Butler who just sounds Scottish and everything. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he was supposed to be just like an Australian, like I guess. But uh, the one thing that did strike us afterwards, when when it, the film was all said and done, was essentially it's just a fucking modern retelling of um, Short Circuit. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I thought from the pictures. I was like, you look like Johnny Fives. That's that on purpose. Yeah. It's literally just a retelling. There's even like the the guy who creates them is like Indian and stuff. <laughs> so. Well, British Indian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's essentially like robots are created to fight uh, in a militaristic sort of capacity. In this film, they're like the police. Yeah. Um, one robot, due to a set of circumstances, becomes self-aware, goes on a journey of self-exploration, has to fight for his life, and then has a happy ending. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's literally just short circuit retooled. <laughs> but but no Steve Gutenberg, so well, exactly. not as not as good. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> if, if funnily enough, if you Google this as well, if you just Google um, short circuit and Chappie, there's there's like fan made mashup trailers. <laughs> Just quite funny, and it just really highlights how compatible the films are. There's people have done like the the, the short circuit trailer, but with like the audio from the Chappie trailer. Yeah, I like how people did that. I loved it when people did that for the RoboCop remake and put it over like footage of the original, and it made yeah. like um, it, it almost got you excited for the remake. But then you go, no, no, it's the footage of the original that got us excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, that, that's only. I think that's only two films I've watched, really. It's just been at fucking work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Did I even mention a couple of shows ago that I finally got around to watching uh, Days of Future Past and the Wolverine sequel? No, I don't think you did. No. Uh, uh, I love Days of Future Past. That was really good. Oh, yeah. It fucking knocks it out of the park, really. Because you're not expecting it to be that good. No. Really. no. You're kind of like, oh, the X-Film films, really. Uh, the X-Men films, you're like, mm, I'm not really that bothered. It did throw us up at first. I was like, this is. I know what's going on, but I could see someone who had no idea what was going on, that it was quite confusing, the start. Yeah, yeah you're just, like, did I miss something? Yeah, it's, all, it's almost like... A, f- a direct follow-on to the another movie or something, but like once you, I mean, I, I knew the story and everything because the, yeah. the I remember seeing the animated like the cartoon version of that storyline years ago and stuff. Yeah, but I could see someone going in there and going, "What? The, what did I miss? Did I fucking miss the first reel off or something?" Mm, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. That was really good. And the Wolverine was okay. Yeah, it's alright in it. Yeah, right, yeah. it. It gets a lot of slack, and I think well, it's funny. I mean, it's just Wolverine going about doing his thing and in Japan. That's yeah, yeah, it's kind of delivered. I guess the samurai thing. You know, the hardcore fans are like Silver Samurai was shit and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, yeah. they just turned it into a big Iron Man robot, basically. Yeah, and all the bits I liked the most was like the start with Logan living in the fucking woods and shit. Mm. And like getting yeah. fucked off at hunters, I would have preferred to see a whole movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and all some of the Japanese stuff, you know, people had a problem with them like surviving a nuclear bomb and stuff and all that sort of shit. But well, you know, people have a problem with the still like with the fucking Indiana Jones in the fridge and Christmas. I'm like, it's a fucking sci-fi nod. It's a fucking Indiana. Who cares? Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's a fucking movie. I mean, you could tear all of Indiana Jones apart. You'd be like, you can't run from a giant bull that would have just crushed him. Yeah. You can't swing on his whip. Uh, yeah. How would he get it off once he got to the other side? It would be stuck. He would have to leave his whip behind. And also, the Holy Grail doesn't exist. <laughs> well, yeah, but more importantly. Oh, if it does, no one's found it. There's no fucking Ark of the Covenant that can melt your face off. So, you know, I think, like, yeah. If you've got a problem with stuff like that, you should probably just stop watching films. I know, I say that all the time. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's a limit, you know. Yeah, yeah, I you guess. Know, someone gets shot in the head and then just stands up acting on that. Yeah, okay, complain about that. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, the, the, there's there's boundaries, like, yeah. yeah but then when, they come, when it comes to fantasy and stuff and people pick it apart, I'm just like, are you just looking for something to fucking moan about, for fuck's sake? Although, you know, there's no taking away from the fact that Crystal Skull's an utter, utter piece of shit. Oh, it's a piece of shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> just yeah. in case people are like, whoa, hardcore fans, yeah. Just people complain more about the fridge than they do about the stupid fucking ants. Mm. and shit like that yeah there's way more wrong with that film than just surviving a nuclear bomb oh Ray Winston's schizophrenic character yeah and like I've always said he's fucking random he's Kevin Costner-esque Man of Steel death yeah he's just like just let me die because just because (laughs) just like what the fuck save him he's right there just grab him fuck's sake yeah I'm a bit so confused I was like why did he kill himself (laughs) it's just like just, just let go. I, I'm all right. I, I've had enough of this film. Yeah. 
essentially. <laughs> uh, just just like a, a vapid sort of death to make people teary or something. Yeah. I don't know. Bollocks. Yeah, bollocks. Should have killed Tyler Booth. That's what That's right. They should have. <laughs> uh, some news then. News. Let's kick off with some more fucking sad news. Uh, Rick Duckerman, who was art, of course, in The Burbs, died age 62. Yeah. June 12th from complications with diabetes, apparently. Oh, bless him. That's sad. I always like to pretend that, like, you know, his little role he's got in Die Hard as, like, the guy, electrician underground and stuff. I just, I just like to pretend that's art. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you find Obviously, out his name yeah. in that, but I'm just like, that's yeah. art, because I always consider art to be, like, you know, he's, he's electrician in The Burbs, I guess, cause he's got yeah. the hard hat and shit, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very sad. Love him in The Burbs. Yeah. Fucking legend. Uh, oh, I remember I mentioned last month about Nightmares and Damaged Brain on Blu-ray and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, September 21st, it's out. No. That's the UK. Because I think it's already out in America. But Very good. From uh, good old 88 Films, which I haven't checked out anything from them yet, but I did pre-order their Zombie Holocaust Blu-ray because it was only $9.99. So I was like, fucking why not? Give them a try out in Zombie Holocaust, which is yeah. great in a shite way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw away. Such a easy way. It's brilliant. Have you ever seen Zombie Holocaust? I don't think so. I never, I never showed you the classic bit where the guy commits suicide and then the, the blatantly just threw a mannequin out the window and its arm flies off when it hits the floor. Oh yeah, I think you have shown that. Yeah, <laughs> like one, of the, one of the stupidest editors. Like no one in the edit room couldn't have noticed that. All they needed to do was cut out like three frames. It's <laughs> just like, eh, fuck it. Fuck it. Looks brutal. <laughs> Even though the next shot, he's got both arms, but whatever. Um, are you ready? Are you ready for more Halloween movies? Because <laughs> oh, I'm not. No. Uh, it's gonna well, Halloween comes every year, I guess. So fuck it. Yeah, it's from bloody disgusting. Uh, I got this new story. It's going to be called stupidest title: Halloween Returns. <laughs> it's like as if that's his name. Superman Returns. It's like as if that's his name. Oh fuck! Here comes Halloween with his mask on. And <laughs> I'm sure some people actually do that. Probably. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it says the new project will be a standalone film set to reintroduce audiences to Michael Myers years after his initial rampage. Uh, so it, it's not a sequel to any of the movies, not to Rob Zombie's or to John Carpenter's, I don't think, oh, right. uh, which makes no sense. Um, Myers is now on death row, and the two kids with their own personal vendettas against the killer sneak in to watch his execution. But when things go awry and Myers escapes, the pair, along with their friends, find themselves in the firing line. Um, as I said, they're calling it a recalibration. <laughs> what the That's fuck does that right. mean? It's just like reboots become uncool now and, and like non non keech or whatever. Like it's it's a word that's gone out of favour, so now yeah. they're calling it recalibration. What's next? Oh we're reheating the franchise. <laughs> we're, we're putting the franchise in the microwave. There you go. <laughs> Fucking shite. Who cares? And the mm. title is shit, Halloween Returns. So the title is self aware, it's saying the series has returned. Yeah. If you like, called a film Nightmare on Elm Street Returns, you'd be like, what the fuck's that mean? It's like on par with fucking Halloween H2O or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as, like, as far as... Halloween seems to, like, have all the, the, the worst... The, the best worst titles. I kind of do, I suppose. <laughs> H2O especially. Because I, I get it. It's Halloween 20 years later, but it also is water, so it's Halloween water. <laughs> it just totally, like, confused everyone. Yeah. They're like... Something to do. Is it on a boat or something? <laughs> that would have made more sense. <laughs> Dickheads. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's about all my news. Uh, let's talk about Jake Lloyd's crazy ass. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I laughed at this when I saw it in the news, actually. Uh, it's got a, a former child actor who starred in one of Star Wars' movies. It's <laughs> 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 good journalism. <laughs> uh, uh, led police in a high-speed chase before crashing into trees. 
like I said, he's on Facebook fucking half his nut on Japan snippets or something. <laughs> this is so good. Fucking Japan snippets. Japan snippets. Apparently, he gave his name to the place as Jake Broadbent. After, uh, fair enough. He's that ashamed of himself. Yeah. He's not even identifying himself. He's going to blame Jim Broadbent for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, after he crashed after hitting speeds of over 100 miles an hour. Uh, so there you go. There's no no real mention in the media of why he was doing you know what, 100 miles it, an hour and getting away from the police. It's, it's just, I'm telling you, this, it's something fucking happens to your brain when you're a kid and you become famous. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's obvious to say it, but I mean, look at all the the proof you know what I mean it's fucking mm. mental and like I do feel bad for Jake Lives I must say oh he got I mean apparently he got crucified at school and everything yeah like, and, yeah you know, and, well, so. no yeah you're, it's, and like it's not his fault he's bad in the film fucking Liam Neeson's bad in the film for fuck's sake yeah. it's just like fucking Terrence Stamp's bad in the film I know it's just you know George Lucas can't really direct and or write for good actors, never mind like inexperienced child actors. Yeah, yeah. The the guy was the the kid Jake Lloyd was like what the the advertising needed. A young innocent child, full of energy and life, essentially would have been the advert, and yeah. he, he was, and he, he just needed the right direction basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, unfortunately for him, uh, it's grim. So it, it essentially it it ruined any chances of him having an acting career if he wanted one. I think he just said fuck this <laughs> after. After, you know, the bullying and fucking all. You go, oh, yeah, great. Like, and I'm remembered as the fucking kid that ruined Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, grim, eh? Yeah, I do feel bad so, for him. Yeah, so no, da- no doubt it was something to do with drugs or something. Well, but, we don't know. Well, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> for the lawsuits. Um, but because, you know, the reliable media, they're just like, Star Wars failure, child actor, crashes like a maniac. And that's like pretty much all the focus on. So yeah. you've got no actual fact. For all I know, his fucking wife was in the, the back giving birth to a baby or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking twatty news story. <laughs> of course, uh, Reddit was like, you know, the usual comment gold. Uh, there was stuff like, he should have tried uh, fucking spinning. That's always a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, things like that. Yeah, well, I was reading some of the comments of the news stories. <laughs> it was just like open day on every line that he has in the film. Speeding <laughs> along, going yippee! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> now this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! If there's any like sort of footage of the the high speed uh, speed pursuit, someone should blatantly just like dub. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was one of the first things that popped in my head. I was like, he's having fucking pod racing flashbacks, like Nam flashbacks to episode one and stuff. <laughs> fucking Saboba chasing him. He's <laughs> hallucinating, like Saboba's chasing him in a police car. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure, you know, it's kids from that period that have got a thing. I'm sure about five, six years ago, Haley Joel Osmond did something with it, crashed the fucking car, got chased by the police and shit. Yeah. What the fuck it is for kids from that, like the late 90s? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, <clears throat> Drew Barrymore... Uh, Drew Barrymore, yeah, uh, is like one of the, the. Is it Drew Barrymore? That sounds wrong when I'm saying it. What from ET? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Hell, that name just sounds wrong in me in me head. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like obviously one of the most famous cases of that, and she really have gone off the rails. Although you know, amazingly, she managed oh, to build. It's amazing. But she she was like had her first joint at nine and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. something mental like that. Yeah. So yeah, and, and obviously you got Macaulay Culkin and stuff and that. Mm. I just it's a, it's a really hard transition as a child actor, I guess, because you're famous for being that child, 
Yeah. And when your features change no and your the voice changes. Yeah. yeah, so it's a fucked up transition, basically. You got that whole thing of, you know, having millions in the bank account and your parents have got... I mean, that didn't Macaulay Cook and, like, fucking take his parents to court and shit? Mm. Or his yeah, money he when did. he was, like, 12 yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> just a total mess. Yeah. Basically, children just shouldn't have, like, money that suddenly and quickly, like, uh, like all at once sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. I guess no one should really. That's that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. When suddenly you're faced with like like lottery winners who are suddenly faced with shitloads of money, and that you know you, you've got two choices: you can like spend it wisely and invest it, or whatever, or just go totally off the rails and suddenly start having drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's the same with just with celebrities, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, it's not much for the news. Yeah. We had a good chat about other films and stuff. I'm sure this is going to be a long show. How long we've been recording? <laughs> like half an hour? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, that's the last one of the month, you know. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, shall we get to Class of the 1980s of the Fours? Yes. Class of 1984 was released August 20th, 1982, uh, directed by Mark Lester, who would go on to uh, make more genre favourites like Firestarter, Commando, and Showdown Little Tokyo. Commando, Showdown Little Tokyo, two of our favourites, I must say. Mm-hmm. So you can thank this man for the character girl beheading a naked woman scene that you love so much. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> One of the best. <laughs> the film went on to spawn two sequels, uh, Class of 1999 and Class of 1999 Part 2. Which essentially resemble nothing about this film. Oh, yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's a classic case of dodgy sequel syndrome. They put robots in them. So. <laughs> uh, with a score by Lalo Schifrin and a great theme song from Alice Cooper, the film is a benchmark of what I like to call the teacher versus piece of shit fuckheads in high school subgenre. <laughs> uh, it's, well, that's kind of you got. There's no real subgenre for it. No. It's an exploitation no. movie, but what's the subgenre of like teens versus teachers in school? It's just. Teacher versus Bucket. Uh, it stars Perry King, Timothy Van Patten, Roddy McDowell, Michael J. Fox, Mary Lynn Ross, Lisa Langlois, and Al Waxman. Say what? Tell us what it's about. I want to know. An idealistic music teacher is the new face at school. This is no ordinary school, however. Weapons and drugs are the curriculum, and death is the exam. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been another poster. Genius. Andy Norris's life is turned upside down when a violent gang of school thugs take offence when he tries to shut them down. Mr. Norris's family are in the firing line. They fight to the death. Bow, bow, bow. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll play a clip and then we'll talk about the film. You uh, tell us the factor for the female of the species. Stand up when the teacher talks to you. Wait a minute, Jerry. Andrew. I don't come into your class and tell you how to teach now. What is the answer, please? Oh, you simply cannot afford to fail this class. Now, what is the answer? What is the answer? Please. Why? 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 You see 
how simple it is. <laughs> oh, he has never, never answered a question in this class. I'm finally teaching him. Oh, tell me, how many chambers are there in the human heart? Four. I, th I think four. It's wonderful. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's just pleasure. Oh, such a tremendous pleasure. <laughs> Mr. Stegman, what is an amphibian? You should know. We had such a wonderful display hanging on our wall. You don't know. It's too bad. You do not pass. Work with him, Jerry. Oh, but Andrew, it would take such an awful lot of work. And this would be so much easier. We open with Mr. Norris, good old Perry King, driving uh, to his first day at work, a new teacher at Lincoln High, as he said, a music teacher, uh, accompanied by the strains of Alice Cooper with I'm the Future. I do like yeah. that song. It's all like, when a dream becomes a nightmare. Yeah. I love the way, the way it starts, that song, before it gets to the chorus. I want to first of all, I was like, this is Alice Cooper. It sounds like a fucking, like an intro, like the Golden Girls or something. Yeah, it's, like just, it's not very Alice Cooper-ish. Nah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's co-written. The music was written by Lalo Schifrin and then sung by Alice Cooper, which is a weird partnership when you think about it. That is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we'll get a good look at the scummy school. Reminds me of Ridley. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, we'll get to it in a bit, but especially the toilets. <laughs> yeah, the toilets very much so. I've got it out of, sorry, not a similar experience, but something in this film always reminds me of Ridley. Happened to me in the toilets. <laughs> I didn't get bummed and out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing that, like, apparently, like, something like 90% of this film was just shot on location. Yeah, to say it was at a high school during the summer. Yeah, because yeah, um, apparently, like, all the graffiti was just, like, proper graffiti to put on the school yeah and they, they like struggle to get it off <laughs> like in time for their fucking school get, getting back in class yeah yeah it's quite funny I was seeing music going back to school like what the fuck happened <laughs> <laughs> just got attacked by a gang of fucking punks yeah. Yeah. Uh, Norris meets Corrigan uh, good old Roddy McDowell he's the biology teacher and he, he notices he keeps a gun in his briefcase which uh, should let him in let him <laughs> clue him in this isn't a nice school pretty much uh, obviously at this stage I, I'd just like to point out Shakma Shakma <laughs> it was oh. for all that Roddy McDowell's done way more than this I just I see him as Shakma guy now. I know it's like you know everyone's like we on about Planet of the Apes we're like nah Shakma <laughs> the real monkey Roddy McDowell movie that reminds me the other day I stumbled across um, it's the best picture I've ever seen it's like a fucking on set promo picture of Shakma and he looks, yeah, he's like chilling and he's got like a full on like smouldering sexy look on his face. I'll have to send it there. I was crying, <laughs> laughing at it for about 10 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a scene, a brief scene of the metal detectors where it's basically Norris getting filled in on like, you know, being a bit shell-shocked now of his depth that the school's mega fucked up but they've got metal detectors. Just like getting patted down for weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, and tries to grass one of the guys up for smuggling a switchblade too and he's like, oh, it's too late, he's gone through whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you get a real like, sense of like no one really gives a shit. Really. Yeah, well, you know, you get to a certain point and you give up. You know. Yeah, and again, it kind of reminds us of, of our school. Really. I know exactly. I was just thinking, poor, your poor fucking electronics teacher. Yeah, Mister fucking Wayman, who was all like, "Right, kids, let's learn about electronics." Yeah. And by and the then, end, he's yeah, just learn. fucking Corrigan in that. <laughs> he just had enough and he didn't want to know by the end of it it was fucking I think funny. we told this story on AM years ago but like I said that, <laughs> that time it was about he'd been there a year right. and I just, I just he was just standing there outside at break time having his cup of coffee he looked a fucking mess it was like hadn't shaved for a week his fucking tie was like all skew with his top button was under and he was just like had that like nam vet thousand yard stare <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah, shit he's broken <laughs> it would have done <laughs> oh, it wasn't me he was eating I never had him for any classes <laughs> no, I you fucked him up yeah it was our it was our class to be honest Landon was like the fucking stegman of our high school <laughs> we should just call him fucking Wayman as well we didn't say Mr. Wayman we were just yeah Wayman <laughs> yeah Wayman you fucking dick <laughs> <laughs> just to wind him up to know nowhere and i remember like getting kicked out of his class once because someone had like an inhaler and we got the powder out the inhaler and we're pretending that we're sniffing crack and uh and like he genuinely thought it was drugs <laughs> and i got like tucked to like the headmaster and all that shit it was funny i remember one, ah, day, those are the one day like walking down the corridor and this lad just burst past me he must have been about like 20 mm. Like him and his mate fucking pegging it out. I was like, who the fuck are they? there? And apparently, some lad, because Mr. Wayman had gave him wrong, got his mm. brother to come in to batter him in school. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, man? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's like a bit above and beyond. <laughs> yeah. And that's like crazy. fucking like three of the biggest, you know, the, I can't remember what his name was, the big guy with the tash, who always used to call Hitler. Mm. And the one that looked like a walrus, like the two biggest fucking baddest looking teachers were just pegging it as fast as they can. I was like, I hope they catch them and this is a big mm. brawl. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> a class of 1984 moment. It is. Yeah, that kind of, it, it wasn't as bad, obviously, but there was the yeah. certain moments in this film, if you went to a shitty high school, you'll watch it and go, that rings a bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But after meeting with the principal, uh, Norris gets to his first class, uh, he's a music teacher and he's uh, teaching the, the band in the school, and a uh, young uh, Michael J. Fox. Is looking Arthur. twelve, looking twelve and fat. <laughs> he does. He? he looks like really short and like wide. Shall we bugger that? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, there's a gang of punks in there. We've got Stegman, the leader, Patsy, mm-hmm. uh, drugstore, Fallon, and Barnyard. Uh, yeah. Stegman's meant to be in the class. The rest of the gang on. So he tries to get them to leave. They're being bellends. You get a Nazi salute from one of them and stuff. They're not. A, they're not a nice group of young people. No, not at all. And uh, Stegman's like, well, he's like, where the hell are you going? You're supposed to be in this class. He licks his finger and says, sit on this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite a funny line, actually, <laughs> where it's delivered. And I think um, the, the guy that uh, plays him, I'm trying to think of his name, Von... Timothy Van Patten. Van Patten, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's quite charismatic, actually. He's, he, is, he, yeah. he stands out like a shitload from mm-hmm. everyone else in this film. Uh, like quite a lot he does yeah and you just want to beat the shit out of him like more and more throughout the film <laughs> yeah totally he plays a good twat basically yeah. uh, I mean I must say at, at this point like I've written me notes like I, I must question like why would anyone actually apply for a job at the school I know yeah. <laughs> like what for, did he did he is this like some sort of like teacher blind date thing where you just turn up at the school you have no idea what it's like but you just go there and be a teacher there kind of do you know stretch it out like stretch your disbelief a bit because he would have had to go there for a meeting first he would have saw what yeah. it was like but, some you know. interview or something and be yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's not like 
like the start of Robocop or something yeah. where he's like you know a rookie cop who's been transferred or something it's yeah. kind of like that's not how teachers work <laughs> so yeah it's a, it's a bit daft like I said but oh, fuck it you just gotta like I said suspend your disbelief a little yeah, bit totally. I do like that moment though when he says like you know twirl on this I sit on this motherfucker and Mr. Norris just goes what's wrong with you yeah it's yeah, just it's like, it's a good line he, he's like shocked yeah. at how fucked up things that's are that's the only thing he can say like what the fuck's wrong with you like wh- yeah. why are you all acting like this like fucking animals yeah. and shit yeah uh, but Stegman and his crew grab a, a student for selling drugs and it's not like oh get it, get these bad drugs out of our school they're battering them because he's taken away from their drug dealing business mm. it's kind of a yeah, rough scene on the box like when the, the throw them into the uh, into the pillar mm and stuff I was like fuck it looked like they just actually threw him into the pillar like for real it's not surprising that this had about like five minutes cut out of it when it was first released on video over here yeah yeah it's quite a grim film in parts especially towards the end Hmm. Uh, Norris finds out from Corrigan that his last teacher had an quote unquote accident then you can tell they all know it was probably Stegman (laughs) (laughs) yeah just killed him basically yeah we're going to see Norris's home life now which is like the classic one where you're like well something's going to happen to her isn't it Hmm. she's pregnant (laughs) She's an attractive yeah. woman and she's pregnant and she's his wife. It's, it's probably, like, one of the sort of first criticisms of the film. It's, like, immediately obvious where it's going to go. Well, obviously, yeah. Because it's, like, you know, it's, like, happy life and she's pregnant and that's, mm-hmm. like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> they could have... Back then it wasn't so obvious. I, I suppose maybe it's just the fact we've seen it done before mm. and stuff and, and uh, uh, well, done afterwards so much that this now... It's, like, what I was literally saying the other day about, like, when you watch Dirty Harry and stuff, there's, like, a strange nostalgia thing going on, like... Because films borrow so heavily from films like right. Dirty Harry and that, when you watch Dirty Harry, it's surreal. It's mm. almost like it's taking the piss out of itself. But you're like, no, this is like the original film that did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's probably something like that going on in this film. And the uh, woman who plays his wife, Marilyn Ross, was also the film's executive producer. It's not very often you get one of the producers acting in the movie. Mm. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a brief gang fight now between Stegman and uh, the black gang who was selling drugs in the school. It goes all West Side Story. There's a bit, yeah. <laughs> They've all got chains and, and leathers and stuff. I've literally just written my me, me notes. Lots of leather, chains and studs. <laughs> mm. Very early 80s, isn't it, really? So, yeah. And you get a nice... Uh, although in West Side Story, they didn't brutally kick each other in the face when they are on the ground, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't go quite that far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Knight Stegman and his gang prank Mr. Norris by squirting like, paint fake blood in his face. Yeah, there's like a quick shot setting it up that basically they've stolen the confidential files from the school. Yeah, so they know where all the teachers live, which is terrifying when you think about it. Mm, Terrifying. That must be like a teacher's worst nightmare, I assume. (laughs) Like any kid knowing where you live, but especially like twatty ones. Yeah. They're obviously capable of murder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The gang head to a nightclub. You notice Stegman's wearing Arnie's Terminator 1 jacket. Yeah, it's, it's like the sort of military sort of um, moleskin with studs and chains. Yeah, and yeah. It's cool, yeah. I would I would have loved a jacket like that. Like, <laughs> you could still get them. Yeah, but, you know, you probably look like a total dick wearing it now. It's <laughs> not what anyone I else thinks. You want to walk around designing, you walk around <laughs> Just full on get the the, cos, uh, the costume, the, t-shirt, the jazzy T-shirt and stuff. <laughs> yeah. After they're heading to a punk club, after a bit of a slam dance and a march, they head to the offices, and this is where I find out the extent of what they're actually up to. They're deal drugs and also prostitution in a rather yeah. sleazy fucking scene where they force a woman to strip off in front of them and stuff. It's kind of like, it, yeah, it, it really goes, like, crazy here because, like, obviously they're, they're not really school kids. They're actually, like, full-on capable drug dealers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Almost. They've got like an operation. Yeah. But yeah, there's like some girl all stripping off and that, and it just kind of makes you feel a bit unclean. <laughs> oh, it's very sleazy, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> when like they send like one guy in to test her out. Yeah, and then yeah. Patsy wants to go and watch because she's a bit, she's a bit fruity. There, there is a setup scene I'll quickly mention as well, like because I, I didn't really like pay much attention to it, but it does come back. There's, there's like a young kid mm. who's wanting to be in the gang, yeah, stuff, and it's kind of a setup for later on, which I, I kind of appreciated. Yeah. At the time watching the scene, I was like, oh, what's going on? What's all this about? <laughs> but it, it is actually relevant later yeah, it does, on. It does pay off later. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, next in the class, uh, Norris wants the band to compete in a. A competition that's coming up soon. Uh, Stegman arrives late, plays the piano, and I do love the bit he plays on the piano. And that was written by him himself. Right, mm. <laughs> he's a pianist. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a nice bit actually. I mean, again, very very stereotypical, but perhaps this is one of the first films. Yeah. I did. Um, and it's kind of, it, I mean, for for people wondering, it's essentially like um, thingy. Um, that Jack Black film, fucking School of Rock. School of Rock, yeah. It's it's essentially like a, a violent School of Rock. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be on the new DVD. It's like School of Rock with violence. <laughs> the, you know, the kids are all sort of like dysfunctional and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the school teachers wanting them to like get passionate about music and. Again, maybe it's a criticism. I, I kind of think the, the the underdeveloped that side of the story. I was going to say the the thing I would like more of in the film is him with the actual good kids, just to add yeah. a bit more drama when it goes tits up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's there in the film. That's like the, the sort of subplot that mm. he's trying to like get these kids like straight and, and get them to accomplish something. Yeah, but it, it kind of does it in a lackluster way. Yeah, just a few more but, scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, would have yeah. just uh, padded out a bit. Not padded it out, but you know just. Made it a bit more, bit more dramatic, I suppose. Just, just tighter, basically. Yeah. Tighter film. Like, so you've got more to give a shit about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do like the way though, like when they're in the um, hallway after Stegman leaves and stuff. If Stegman talks in the third person, he's like the fucking rock. <laughs> 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 well, the fucking yeah. Stegman says, "Fuck yeah!" He's very entertaining. Like he's yes. very entertaining. This film. <laughs> yeah. So your monkey ass gonna stab Michael J. Fox, jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of Jay Fox, him and his pal buy drugs from Steggers and his mates in the toilet. In, and he, in he the bugs. For some reason, his mate does the drugs there in the middle of a school day. I'd be like, what are you doing that? When they get home, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, just does it immediately, straight there. It'd be pretty obvious when you're in, like, math class, fucking buzzing off your tits. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sure that happened in our school. Although, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> Although uh, Mr. Norris fails to notice it, because he's, he's so hell-bent on catching Stegman mm-hmm. in the that he doesn't notice the uh, the kid who's blatantly off his tits. Sweating and fucking eyes dilated and red. Yeah. I do like when uh, Stegman says he runs the school and he's like, that's going to be a surprise to the principal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because throughout the film, there's kind of like, and again, a bit of a disparage in the film, the film's the school's portrayed as like quite militaristic. Mm. Like there's guards everywhere, there's metal detectors, there's CCTV, there's like a, a paranoid head teacher mm. who's like running the place, like almost like a prison warden. Yeah. But then, like, the school's blatantly just got absolutely no rules whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> like, <the fuck? laughs> like what, which one is it going to be? Is it is it militaristic or is it 
fucking no man's land. Like they, they kind of didn't pick the right tone I, for the school. For me, it's just kind of like they've tried that things have got bad, so they've tried to curb it with like more security and stuff, and just realised they can't handle it. So they're, they're kind of all given up. You can tell the principal acts like a giant pussy for most of the movie. Like, oh, did, did there's no evidence? Fucking get out my face! So I don't have to deal with yeah. you type of thing. Yeah, I suppose. Because yeah. I mean, it's like it's obviously it's made ninety two, but it's supposed to be like a this is what things could be like like. That's why it's class in 1984, just, just a few years later, because was, school violence was getting bad at the time. When you think about it, it's quite a prophetic film, because it's kind of worse mm. now. Mm. You know, yeah. it, it did come true. I suppose it's surprising that they never really went down the, the line of guns. There's not a lot of guns no. in this film. I mean, obviously, there are guns, but not a lot. I, I guess a modern retelling of this film would probably be like some sort of like Columbine sort yeah. of massacre sort of ideal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it is interesting for that for that that it, it sort of semi predicted kids going a bit off the rails and stuff at schools. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Uh, Metal J. Fox's mate uh, off his trolley uh, climbs yeah. the flagpole, falls, and dies. More grimness yeah. than like the his first fucking week at the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a, a dead people. And the gang corners J. Fox, and he's uh, he's it's kind of his girlfriend later after school in an alley because they're a bunch of twats. And but thankfully mm-hmm. Norris and Corrigan notice Stegman's car and investigate. There's a scuffle ensues. Norris is punched, and Corrigan has his hand slashed. Yeah, and uh, again, this kind of sets up the downfall of the the Corrigan character yeah. basically. Where up until this point, he's kind of just been you know turning turning the other cheek yeah, and turning yeah. uh, you know not not noticing things and just getting on with his job. But it's kind of like enough's enough this this week fucking just tips him over the edge basically. yeah yeah like if norris hadn't arrived he would have you know been fine <laughs> just, just fucking keep his nose out yeah uh, that night norris's car molotov yeah because that's because that's the next logical step you psycho <laughs> yeah you're all like we're gonna graffiti your car but if you you do anything more we're just gonna like burn it basically <laughs> and, and then we're gonna kidnap your wife and stuff <laughs> which we'll get there like step one square him in the face of paint step two blow his car up <laughs> <laughs> step three uh rape and murder wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but the next day they've got corrigan back as well in a way more brutal fashion by killing all these classroom animals in his biology class which is a rather grim scene when you find out they were all they didn't kill them for the film, obviously, but they were all real animal carcasses spinning around mm-hmm. the classroom, and it stank, apparently. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, there's some pretty grim stuff, just, like, entrails and stuff all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you feel fucking so bad for Corrigan. <laughs> yeah, um, bless Roddy McDowell, doing quite a good scene as well, of, of just being, like, mortified by it all. <laughs> just shame he, he dies in the film, because I'd like to believe that he's the same character he's in Jackman yeah he's, he's just like the lab coat wearing sort of guy you know? yeah it's very very after, yeah, the, it's after this he was like right no one's gonna kill my animals again I'm gonna make a fucking killer baboon <laughs> well maybe they didn't die they yeah, don't know fake his death so he could fund the Jackman project <laughs> yeah, all you saw was the car like that's, flip over and go on fire that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> we need to write like some fan fiction to fill the gaps in <laughs> Norris finds Stegman being pissed off at all this shit, drags him into the toilets, and it's another classic scene we'll see after this a lot as well in these type of movies. He beats himself up to frame Norris, the little bastard. Totally, yeah, uh, Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, it was a classic scene where Ed Norton just beats himself up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because, like, it's like Norris is now starting to, like, he starts to film as, like, an idealistic teacher. Yeah. And now you're starting to see the turn of his character, where like the school's having like a negative impact on, on mm-hmm. his like character. So he he like grabs the kid, he's about to punch him, but then he, he just pulls back from the, at the last minute, thinking, no, 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 this is wrong. I can't, I can't like 
assault his child. No matter how much of a twat he is, he deserves yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, Stegman basically beats himself up in order to frame poor Mr. Norris. And the next scene, which I love because it's just, it's kind of typical sometimes of this kind of shit, like when Stegman's at home. He's got a, he lives in a fancy apartment. He's got a loving mother who thinks he's a little fucking angel. He's a spoiled little shitbag. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's caught us off guard, actually, this. Because, yeah, no, I don't know, sometimes it's like a dysfunctional sort of thing. Yeah, but I love that they went this route with it, that he's just a privileged little fuckhead. Because, <laughs> yeah. obviously, every time you see him, he's got some scummy little outfit and that on. At home, he's got a nice jumper. <laughs> yeah, he's got a nice jumper, he's, like, relaxed on the set. I was like, oh, you twat! Yeah. I, hate, I hate you even more. Tell you. <laughs> um, Norris attempts to get through to the mother. He comes to the door, but doesn't work. Man, as he leaves... Stegman taunts him over the intercom, the little fuck. Yeah, he's all like, you're dead! Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Is this the first time he gives the I am the future speech as well? I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, and he says something like, yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah. So Norris gets very fucked off, uh, hotwires Stegman's car and smashes the shit off. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's quite a good scene, actually. It is, yeah. yeah. It, you, it, you, by that point, you're like, thank fuck, you're finally doing something. Because I think, like, I don't know, he gets in the car and you assume he's just going to drive it away, mm. but then he just drives it and then just ploughs it into, like, a pillar or something, and you're like, yeah. fuck. And then he, like, reverses into a wall, and then drives forward into another wall, and you're like, next one. And then the next day when Stagman confronts him, he just goes, can you prove it? Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, getting his own back. Uh, but a cop arrives to talk to Norris, uh, but the gang mistakenly thinks Michael J. Fox is grassing on them, basically. So, as we said earlier, that sets up uh, that young guy, they set up the young guy from earlier, knife him whilst they stage a big fight, like, riot fight in the cafeteria. Yeah, and he gets stabbed and goes into a coma or something. Whatever mm. it is. It's pretty grim. It's probably worth mentioning at this point as well. Actually, we've sort of semi-skipped over it, but mm. there's, a, there's a few scenes in between with, like, basically the police yeah. getting involved and, like, when, when the kid, like, beats himself up, the police come to, like, you know, speak to Mr. Norris and stuff and it's just funny how the police are just like, oh, you know, there's no evidence. We can't prove it. These kids these days, they know the law better than us. Mm. <laughs> it's like, worst policeman ever. Mark Lester says in the making of, he says, like, you know, the speech he gives him in the office mm. when he's talking, like, how hard it is to prosecute, like, a teenager. Yeah. He said that was word for word what a real cop told him. <clears throat> right. That's pretty grim, really, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's all right. Thankfully, things have progressed a bit more since then. Yeah. Uh, but Corrigan, as they're having, like, a sort of little barbecue, is breaking down more and more each day. He's had enough of this shit. And then the next day, he's teaching a class at gunpoint, which is... <laughs> yeah, it is quite funny, actually, because you kind of don't know what's going on. All the kids are sat there quietly, looking yeah. a bit concerned, yeah. but, all, but all sat, like, neatly at the desks. Mm-hmm. The camera just pans around, he's just got a pistol It's on such them. a good scene, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. Roddy McDowell's fucking amazing, and um, he get, get two of the gang members to get a question right, and he starts praising them, like, see how easy it is and stuff like that when you got a fucking gun in your face. I think there's, there's probably um, probably the best line in this film, maybe, or certainly one of the stand-up lines gets delivered when uh, when uh, McDowell says uh, he approaches one of the kids and, and asks him, like, a question about biology, and he says, you simply cannot afford to fail this class. Yeah, yeah. With a grown woman. I thought, like, that's a total, like, trailer moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Gets to Stegman, mm. who can't answer, and you, you know for a fact he just doesn't know. He's not trying to be a fucking hard-ass, he just doesn't know the answer. Yeah. So Norris, he's going to kill him, but Norris stops him from killing him, and it's one of those things where there's, like, there's no right choice, really, for Norris. Mm. Either he lets him kill Stegman and like all his troubles are gone, or he lets his and his friend goes to jail. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose no win scenario, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that night, Corrigan, once again, had enough, gets shit-faced and attempts to run down the gang on the street, but ends up crashing and blowing up. It's great a funny scene. He's like, just McDowell having fun, I guess, at mm. the wheel of the car, just like full-on crazy face and stuff, <laughs> trying trying to run the kids down. And said that he was genuinely driving like a maniac, like he was, I want to do it myself. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> I, I read that trivia. Yeah. Just, it, there was just a camera on the hood of the car and he was just driving around, yeah. having a good time. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. But like I said, he, he doesn't actually die, though, this scene. He, he manages to get out as the fire takes on. Yeah. And he, he he moves to another city and then starts a new life as a as a scientist and a and a D and D night on his own. There you go. For those that have no idea what we're talking about, go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is class of nineteen eighty four, the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> it's the real class of nineteen eighty four too. <laughs> Meanwhile, Arthur wakes up and tells Norris he stabbed him, but the gang once again are let go due to lack of evidence. Yeah, the police are at this point. The police are just like, oh, we've got to let them go because. <laughs> Because the script demands it. <laughs> There's no rationality to it. They're just like, yeah, because we're shit. We're no shit, and we're not even going to try and investigate it. Yeah, like, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's the night of the concert now, and the gang decide, well, let's go one step further. Let's break into Norris's house and attack and rape his wife whilst taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, this is where it just fucking goes from, like, one extreme and suddenly, like, goes to the moon with yeah, it. Yeah, so, like, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm thankful it's not as graphic as, like, it could have been. The, scene, the yeah. same, similar scene in Death Wish and stuff, which is yeah. fucking uncomfortable to watch. It goes on for that long. Yeah. But it's, you know, it still packs a punch, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's grim. Like, like, even though you know, you sort of see it coming, it's kind of like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, when it happens, it's like, oh, God, oh, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I wouldn't expect it to be this bad. Um, minutes before the concert, though, is about to begin. Norris has passed an envelope containing a photo, and he sees Patsy at the entrance. And the, mm. the photo is of his wife being raped. Yeah. Just very grim. He's, I looked up that uh, the woman who plays Patsy, Lisa Langlois. Mm-hmm. She's barely aged since 1982. I should have to level up the picture. Jesus. Um, yeah. It's the finale now. Run around the school. Yeah, the, the, this is it, basically. The, this is the payoff mm. of the film. Basically. So he kind of takes on, he gets a bit of a battering at first, and then they all run off, trying to get him to go into the dark to follow them and stuff. So he kind of, it's like a, it's like a, um, Boss battles. He goes through each one of them before he finally gets the big boss segment, I suppose. Yeah. He got the, the fight with Fallon in the wood shop with the still rather fucking brutal table saw death. Mm, yeah, forces his arm onto a saw and then fucking He's back. cuts his arm off mm. and then, yeah, pushes him onto it and it just guts him, I guess, <laughs> from it, the back. It almost feels out of place in the film. It does a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like Friday the 13th territory, you know, where it's like... Like, just like splatter right. goal, it seems to come out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, like, nothing else in the film's kind of like that, No, really. not really, no. You get just get the odd stabbing and, like, people getting the shit beat out of them. But, yeah, it's mm. quite brutal, this scene. And I think even Perry King says on the documentary, like, he was a bit disappointed that they went that far. Mm. He thought it, like, took away from some of the impact of the message and stuff to go that far. But at the end of the day, it's an exploitation movie. It does yeah. have a message, but it's also an exploitation movie, which is the best yeah. best of both worlds, really. Uh, you got Drugstore, who he sets on fire with a blowtorch. And got well gasoline and then a blowtorch. Yeah, and you see quite a gruesome shot of them like on the floor gibbering, yeah. <laughs> all burnt and stuff. Thing is, though, all these shithole schools and stuff, but they've always got like a fucking mechanics garage that you can fucking learn how to fix cars in and shit. Yeah, what well, it's a pretty awesome school. Like our school didn't have fucking shit like that. Fuck basically. all. 
<laughs> it had like a few wood wood benches and stuff, and that was it. <laughs> with fucking like um, vices that you'd always twat your fucking ribs on and that. Yeah, yeah, walking past. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but no, like that full on cars getting worked on. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it's mental. And then he fights Barnyard, who's like the big fucking fat guy, the group, the big hard ass. Um, yeah, like the muscle of the operation. Yeah, but he's inadvertently, he's inadvertently killed by Patsy, who tries to fucking ram them both with a car. Well, tries to ram Norris, but ends up killing Barnyard Kill and herself. Yeah. And herself, yeah. I do love that Norris, like, just clubs him with, like, a, a metal pole or something. That like, like, a, loads. like a hammer or a wrench or something. Yeah, right it's the head. Just, just like, thock, thock. Yeah. It's like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, Patsy you know, spills the beans at the end that Stegman is on the roof with his wife. Mm. We get the big standoff and uh, confrontation with Norris and Stegman, who uh, ends up falling through the... W- after Eno actually k- cuts his wife's chest first, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, which is yeah. rather nasty. Yeah. Uh, he falls through the window and then does the thing which makes you think, you little fucking... Cl- classic villain. Classic villain moment. Yeah, like, when he's like, I'm just, a, I'm just a kid, miss. You're like, yeah. fuck you, Stegman. Yeah, and he's all like, don't, don't let me fall. So he's like, oh, oh, go on, then I won't let you fall to your death. Yeah, so he reaches for him. Classic movie villain, where he's all like, it's all just a trick, though, as he reaches for his concealed knife. And he fucking <laughs> slams him right in the face. Yeah, I love that, like, straight jab to the face. Yeah. He ends up <laughs> falling and hanging, basically. Yeah, he just hangs himself, doesn't he, on, like, some, some rigging from the concert. But obviously, he falls into the concert, which is supposedly the concert that he's all worked hard to set up, and, mm-hmm. which has kind of been ongoing during this whole scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keeps cutting back and they're like, what the hell are we going to do? And So yeah, his he, corpse sort of falls into the, the concert and everyone's like shocked to see a, a dead Stegman like hung mm-hmm. there, bloodied and shit. That's another thing they go into on the making of, that that wasn't, that, that's not how, like, the punch was added later. Mm. Originally, he just cuts himself, I think he cut, either cuts himself free like, mm. essentially killed himself to get one more over on Norris. Oh, right, And right. someone who we showed it to, I don't know who it was, a distributor, a producer, was like, what the fuck, what, that was great, what was at the ending? You've got to have Norris kill him at the end? And he's like, okay. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see, actually, because I, I guess it's, it, it is kind of like a pickup shot, because he just punches the camera, doesn't he? He yeah. punches into the camera, so yeah. quite an easy shot to sort yeah, of yeah. add in. Yeah, at, totally. At the end, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does yeah. work better with him just, just punching him right in the gish. Mm, do you think? Like, I think so, yeah. Just, I guess. Just, just for the, you know, the fucking, like, you just want him to get his come up. And even though, at the end of the day, you can always make that argument of, oh, he's become one of the, he's become his violent yeah. step type of thing. But I don't know, I don't, I don't like fucking messages like that in vigilante movies. Yeah. I just think maybe it would have been interesting to see him segment being like just an utter twat right at the end. Mm, I know what you mean, I, yeah. You know, like, killing himself. I guess in a modern film... He, it, he might have killed himself and then Norris goes to jail or something fucked mm. up like that a bit of an anticlimax yeah so the the message is that like you know there's there's no sort of happy ending in, in it <laughs> but I do like <laughs> that it does get that whole thing of like the no witness thing going through where the it <laughs> says he didn't get prosecuted because no one saw what happened I, I did kind of laugh at that yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the police were shit right at the end yeah. <laughs> they're like yeah essentially it just comes up with like a paragraph of red text that says he didn't get in trouble because the police didn't see him do it. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, crayon or something. Maybe it's the added that, though, just because they'd be like, well, hold on, that's not happy ending. Norris will go to fucking jail for, like, murdering five teenagers and stuff. So they'd probably be like, yeah, true. I guess, but sh- should he probably not have done? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. It's like, one of them, isn't it? It's, uh, that, and, look, that, overall, that's my, my biggest problem with this film. I just think, like, 
it's a bit sloppy the execution that there's not really a proper message in it it, it is just like an, i guess it is an exploitation film in yeah. its defense yeah, yeah. probably could have done with a message there somewhere maybe a bit of a stronger message well the overall message just just you know School different gant, different gant school. <laughs> <laughs> different gant was scummy school. As soon as there's a metal detector at the door, you, you know that it's there's something wrong. <laughs> basically, and you should fucking leave immediately. But you know, the whole message was just to get across that school violence was fucking ter- getting terrible, and it could get this bad. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. There could have been a. Like I said that the, the. I think Adam. It's a small thing, but adding more in with the good kids could have made a hell of a difference. Not yeah, a hell of a de- difference, but a little bit of a difference. Definitely, ma- massively under underdeveloped. Like, there's like one scene where he's like speaking to them, going, "Hey, so you like music, day?" And like Metal J Fox is like, "I play the trombone," and he's like, "I think that you'll find that's actually a trumpet or something." It's yeah. like a bit of a comedy bit. Yeah. The next scene, they're like fucking playing like Tchaikovsky perfectly and stuff. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, what the fuck? When no, did well, they get so good? I kind of like that though because <laughs> they've basically said that last teacher was shit and they just taught themselves because the yeah. school's that bad so i kind of yeah. like that i suppose yeah but yeah just maybe a few more scenes would have made it seem sadder that like you yeah. know yeah, yeah shit was going and badly just, and just balanced it out slightly because it kind of does get to a point like after the first half hour it's kind of just grim scene after grim scene if you know yeah but I, I, I still i do love the film i do like it a lot yeah yeah probably not one of my favorites i'll be honest mm. but did you find it entertaining though I did. I did for the the payoff. Mm. It, maybe it just could have gotten to the payoff in a quicker, better way or something. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It you know the Stegman characters like a standout sort of character. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some great lines in it. Um, yeah, it's a bit when Stegman says like life is pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, total like trailer moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, it, it, so he has like a lot of good lines and stuff. He's um, a great iconic character for like you know the bad kid in school mm. i don't know i just i, I got like a kind of a, a warriors feel about the film well, like it was like a transposed warriors in a school setting or something or, yeah yeah not wrong with uh, that. <laughs> yeah i guess not i guess not i just i don't know it's, it's one of them things where i was thinking i would rather be watching warriors when mm. i was watching it because i was thinking about warriors <laughs> well it would make a good, a good double bill yeah yeah definitely uh favorite character then it's, it's got to be Stegman, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> just has to be, just yeah. for the lines. The fact that he, he does, he ticks the boxes that you, you just hate him, basically. Yeah, he does such a good job making you hate him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to say, either Stegman or Corrigan for different reasons. I like Corrigan's story arc, and I like the payoff with the, the uh, teaching the class at gunpoint. I think that's probably the best scene in the film. Yeah, me too, yeah. Again, like, absolute trailer moments, you know, you, you can see it and be like, this is how they would have sold the film, by it's, showing the scene. It's not one of the more famous posters, the most famous poster is them all in a line, but one of the posters has Roddy McDowell pointing a gun at a class, which is a really cool poster. Yeah, yeah. It gets the point of the movie across really well, I think. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, but like I said, scene, Corrigan teaching the class, is that, was that your favourite scene, would you say? I think so, yeah, it's got to be, because it... Yeah, it just it, it fits really well. It's really tight. It's dead impactful. It's kind of got a bit of humour in it mm-hmm. at the same time, but quite, also quite dark humour. But it's still, yeah. yeah, just because the way it like cuts to like you don't see him with a gun straight away. Mm. And when it turns around, and he's like, I don't know, it just kind of, unless I'm just a psychopath. <laughs> and I was laughing at it, going, hey, that's it. No, it, um, is, it is quite funny. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. It, it just seems like. I don't know, I don't want to be too brutal with the film, but, like, there's, like, a better film in there somewhere. 
and like that was one of the scenes that you could you could get away with not changing at all and it would fit well in a in a better film yeah i don't know if you follow what i mean yeah i do know what you mean and it's i I think it's a film that could benefit from a remake i really do it's one of those films that if they remade i wouldn't be too annoyed about because it's a theme that can apply to any generation yeah you know what i mean I just think, obviously, I don't know. I wouldn't want to see a remake where it's all, like, <laughs> in some, like, nice school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Some, like, American school where they're all, like, hey, dude, and yeah. stuff. American Pie meets Class of 1984, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to say that. Don't get us wrong. Maybe I would like to see, like, a scummy English remake or something. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in fucking like Tyneside or something. Because I just think there's a lot to be done with the film that that could make it seem way way more tragic, mm. and make you have a really like fist pump and payoff at the end where mm. like, God kill a bastard and stuff. But know, it, it's it pretty, never quite gets there. I think it's pretty tragic though. I mean, his wife oh. gets raped. She was pregnant. <laughs> I suppose just probably lost the baby. <laughs> so that's quite tragic. No, I just mean tragedy in terms of like you know the, the kids trying to be taught music and stuff. And yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised that they didn't, there wasn't a scene where the, the fucking gang just wrecked all their instruments after school hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, something like that. and There just could have been more. There's something missing from the film that, that like, could have pulled it all together. I, see, I, I do see what you mean, yeah. yeah. It's not a perfect film by any means. No, but, no, no. But I do enjoy the film a lot. I just love, you know shitty school movies yeah I mean look and the prime example a film I just mentioned some people gasp but like The Warriors I, The Warriors is far from a perfect film no but it's fun as fuck I, I think uh, I think there's it, it has issues as well that could have tightened it up mm. there's a lot of the film you're like ugh get on with it but then when The Warriors is good it's like fucking like amazing yeah. like it, it and The Warriors really I don't know it, it, it pinpoints some real grim moral choices that that has to be faced in the film mm-hmm. and this film just didn't quite get to that point for me anyway i thought fair enough sir fair yes enough. yes but i don't know fuck it i, I did enjoy it like definitely mm. enjoy maybe you should uh check out class of 1999 yeah I, I think i've i've maybe seen it or one of them because uh i think when we started talking about it i instantly started thinking about robots to be honest yeah yeah <laughs> so i think i might have watched it on uh on bravo of all channels from bravo i think i'd, I'd all it's one of those films i'd always see in the video shop yeah, and I remember Wiggum used to talk about it a lot when he was younger. And after I saw this for the first time, I, I did watch the first half of it and forgot to get back to it, which was like yeah. fucking three years ago or something. So yeah. I'll have to give it another chance. It did seem fun, you know. Yeah, robot teacher. It's kind of a more tongue in cheek version of Class Nine Eighty Four, I suppose. Yeah, basically. So yeah, that's Class Nine Eighty Four. Yes, I mean, I, I suppose you would recommend it. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, if you enjoy, if you enjoy, like you know, gang movies and. Um, dystopian high school movies yeah i think i would like i said there's there's an element of like you've really got to just like yeah suspend your disbelief a little bit for it um but it's uh, you know on on its on the face of it it's it's sort of like a revenge flick basically yeah well that's the thing you've always got to suspend your disbelief a bit with revenge movies because you know in the real world none of that would happen yeah the cops would be on top of it most likely yeah, certainly, yeah. Like, more than they are in this film, where they're, they're just, like, not even willing to try. Yeah, the cops in a vigilante movie always have to be painted as either kind of useless or powerless to, yeah. to give the vigilante something to do. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that caught us by surprise, to be honest. I wasn't expecting a vigilante, like, a, a revenge film. Mm. 
really because I you know I, I don't I didn't really know a huge amount I, I knew the, the general premise of it. it was just scummy school and stuff mm-hmm. and but I don't know I wasn't expecting a revenge flick so when it started creeping towards there I was like oh right yeah, this <laughs> is where it's going it's a revenge film mm-hmm. I see. Uh, yeah, that's, maybe I just wanted to see more revenge, <laughs> you know, like like earlier on in the film or something. Yeah, well, yeah. that is always my biggest complaint about a lot of vigilante revenge movies that sometimes the payoff isn't as strong as it should be. Mm. Yeah, like you, that, you wait too long. Yeah, you wait. You wait and and it feels, yeah, it feels like it's, it's over too quickly when like yeah. just spent eighty minutes of being totally frustrated and wanting to see these characters get their comeuppance. So yeah. That's one of the reasons I prefer people are going to shit themselves over this as well one of the reasons I prefer the remake of Last House on the Left because the payoff's better yeah. the actual okay. revenge part is like that's what they deserve in the original it's too tame when you've just watched mm. two fucking women be like raped for 45 minutes yeah yeah it's funny that isn't it that they're, they're like they concentrated more on like the good people getting mm. like wrecks and then when it comes to the bad guys getting the comeuppance it's like not yeah. as no, it should have been worse. Uh, yeah, really. and I mean, do that, you know, really concentrate on the horrible shit, but, you know, have the payoff be even stronger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I spit in your grave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> even still, I don't think that pays off as strong after watching, like, literally a 45-minute rape scene. <laughs> it was a bit much, like, yeah. I always forget, like, how cut that rape scene was. Like, on the, is it, like, the Vipco and stuff and that? Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I don't think it was Vipco. Was it yeah, it was, like, had about 20 minutes cut out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no wonder. They probably just cut it out, not for violence sakes, but for fucking pacing issues. I'm pretty sure like... when I first saw I spit in your grave i had no idea what it was about i just knew i spit on your grave was this fucked up film that got banned and i'm sure yeah. like me and kenna sat down to watch it we were like half a show going what the f- this is fucked up yeah <laughs> like where's all the chainsaws in that <laughs> it's a pretty uncomfortable film like to watch with somebody else basically yeah. <laughs> <Was> that- <clears throat> there's a film yeah. to watch with your parents <laughs> <Yeah>. no never <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's been, what, what's been your favorite film of the 1982 month Probably pieces. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be pieces. Yeah, for I would t- say for t- just t- pure enjoyment, it's probably pieces. Yeah, yeah, and like I enjoyed buying it and like experiencing it for the first time ever mm. and and stuff. And I'm really pleased I got it. It's it's a great DVD. I, I recommend people pick up pieces. It's cheap as well. It's not even that bad priced. No. Necessarily, uh, and Arrow have done a bang up job as always. There's an Arrow sale going on at the minute until July sixth, I think, mm-hmm. and you can get pieces at the minute for five ninety nine new. So if anyone wants right. to pick it up, go to Arrow's site and pick it up. Yes, Hopefully yeah. they'll get round to reissuing that on Blu-ray one day. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's quite a nice looking film, really. Mm. I imagine it probably cleans up really well for yeah. Blu-ray. To be honest, I mean they've already done Under Death, so pieces is not the question. That's <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Should have done that miles ahead of that piece of shit. <laughs> uh, fucking, it's always got a special place in our that you're getting it for Christmas. <laughs> I, do, I do love it. I think, well, looking back in review, like, again, it's one of them films that looks surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in terms of, like, the, all the cinematography and stuff. And plus, you know, awesome yeah. landscapes of, like, Greece, Mykonos and stuff. It's a lovely yeah. looking island, so you got yeah. all that beauty with people getting pissed on and goats yeah. getting fucked and stuff. it'll always have a special place in our hearts oh, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> uh, the goat the goat scene being the no, the anticipation and stuff yeah once that <laughs> once that initial reveal happens of the goat just looking at the camera going and you're like oh fuck here we go <laughs> so yeah that's uh 82 months done and dusted sir in the bay in the fucking bay so what we're, what we're doing next? Next month, there's five weeks, you may have noticed, in July. Five Wednesdays. 
Mm. Five movies. We're doing it. There's a, a martial artist or something, aren't there? Some guy. Some bloke who was quite famous, and uh, one of his good mates was in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Lee. Yeah, well, next month we're going to do Bruce Lee month. Yes. That's what we're doing. Start with the big boss, Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, End of the Dragon, Game of Death. Mm. Check that shit. So, yeah, Bruce Lee month next month. Game of change. It'll be fun. Until then, keep it real, keep it sexy, keep it... Uh, keep it warm. warm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you when, sir? See you next Wednesday. Damn straight. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Stacey with Aness, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash Wafu FM. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.